Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dano, and with me as always, we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Thanks, mate. Pumped to be finally revealing our teams, but first we're going to look at the ruck line. Now, um, yeah, if anyone hears Pato's a little bit out of breath, it sounds like he's got a spicy cough, so he might mute himself from point to time in the podcast. Uh, so, Pato, feel better, and if you just hit yourself on mute, I'll just keep talking shit, so... I'll be right, mate. I'll be right. We'll, we'll kick on. <laughs> he said that he's gargling fucking phlegm. <laughs> uh, let's begin. First off, we'll talk about the big three rucks in our opinion. So first off is Maxi Gorn at 657,000, average of 121 last year in 35% of teams. Pato, what do you reckon is going to be going on with here? Do you reckon Lukey Jackson um, impacts his scoring? It sounds like Gorn's going to rest forward a bit more. What, what do you reckon? Uh, just quickly, I think it's a big four, not a big three in the ruck line, but we'll get to that soon. Ooh, okay. Max Gorn is an interesting one. I, I, we sort of thought there may be a drop-off last year, but it never really came, and he's still the highest averaging ruck for the year at 121. 35% of teams surprises me a little bit because it is, it's Max Gorn at the end of the day, um, and Max Gorn is Max Gorn. The thing is, his score doesn't get affected all too much when he doesn't play in the ruck because he still impacts the game really largely in other areas. Now, there was a little bit of a drop-off last year, in fact, and that is probably directly linked to Luke Jackson's emergence, um, obviously a rookie last year, but showed some really good signs as that backup ruck, and they gave him a little bit more responsibility as the year went on. But, I mean, we saw what Max Gorn did in a prelim. Um, Dano, he, he just kicked a lazy five out of the ruck and obviously he's not going to kick five every week but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if Max Gorn is playing a little bit more forward yep, no, I, I agree, I agree man, if he ends up resting more forward yeah <laughs> imagine him getting ruck forward status <laughs> holy fuck <laughs> I mean, that that would be absolutely mental, I can't see it happening because I think I think the magic number is 30% of centre bounce attendances playing in the different lines. So is Max Gorn going to spend 30% of games playing out of the goal square or in the forward 50 while Luke Jackson rucks? I'm not sure. Uh, We'll see. I mean, hopefully it would be ridiculous and he would end up being in every single team in the comp. But I look at at last year where they managed him a little bit and what really stands out to me is round seven, Dano, um, against the Kangaroos. So Melbourne knew obviously that they were a pretty good chance of winning that game with or without Max Gorn. So Max Gorn played a lot more forward. He had just the 28 hitouts and had 63 super coach. Didn't even kick a goal. Um, so he basically took the game off without taking the game off. And that concerns me a little bit because I feel like with the reduced preseason, now I mentioned this in the Midford podcast about Clayton Oliver, I feel like they're going to ease these guys back into it. And I could, it would not surprise me to see Luke Jackson ruck sort of 40 or 50% of games to ease Max Gorn into the season. Now, in saying that, he's only just turned 30, which is younger than what he feels like he is, Dano. Maybe maybe because the guy's bald and looks like he's about 40, but he's still relatively young, even compared to someone we're about to mention as this one of those big fours. So there's a lot to question. Obviously, 
preseason won't give us much either because he's not going to play much in the rocket during the preseason. So it's going to be one of those things where we're just going to have to hope for the best if we're going to start him. But I, I think there's a little bit of a question mark there, even though he is still in this big, big four group. Yep, yep. Second one is Sean Darcy. So he's 642K, 118 average, 26% of teams. So let's break down the numbers. So last year he had nine scores over 120, six over 140. I still remember the back-to-back. It was like 190, 180 games. It was fucked. Um, He's got four over 150, but he's also had two sub-80 scores. Uh, His injury history is also a bit of concern. And last year was his big breakout year where he just went fucking nuts. Frio will be one of the teams I reckon that will be contending and slide into the eight. There's going to be more improvement from them. Um, he will, he, he's their number one ruck. Hands down, he's their number one ruck. Um, and at one stage there last year, he took the piss. He was on one leg and he still ended up cracking 100 um, and he just rested in the forward line and he, he didn't even kick that many goals. I think he kicked more behinds than goals and he still fucking cracked 100. So I think he played most of last year on one leg pretty much. Now, round 23, it must be noted, was one of those sub-80 scores where he just had 10 disposals and 16 hitouts. And it also must be noted that he missed out in round one, Dano. For some reason, yeah. John Longmire thought that he was not the first choice ruck at Frio. I think it was Lloyd Meek, was it? I mean, who the fuck knows? Who cares, really? But he didn't play round one. He was an emergency for round one, Dano. Came in and played round two and three as the backup ruck to Lloyd Meek. And then it became pretty obvious that Sean Darcy is pretty good at footy. The guy can ruck. um, And then he just exploded from there um, and started his role as that number one ruck. Round 23 is a bit of an outlier. Um, They got pumped by the Saints and they couldn't make finals. So he probably just cruised through that one. So I think there's only a slight concern with injury. Now, he played through those injuries last year, but he has had a little bit of a history of injuries in the past. But... This is a guy that's going to turn 24 in June. He's played just 62 games, so I think he's ready to explode and become part of that discussion. So it's always been Gorn and Grundy the last few years, and I feel like this is the year that Sean Darcy really launches himself into those discussions, and I don't think it's a clear one and two now at all, Dano. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Last year, remember, I actually wanted to start him round one and he was like 420k or something like that i'm like this guy's gonna fucking go boonanas this is his year and then he wasn't fucking named and i had to change my plans and i was like fuck off and then when he went and did that i'm like ah shit here we go but anyway yeah sean darcy's lock for me absolute lock um brody grundy is the next one of my big three but you're saying there's a big four and i forgot about one player who we'll talk about after him uh, Brody Grundy, 627K, 115 average, 38% of teams own him. Um, man is more like another midfielder, in my opinion, than a ruck. Um, he does get points for hitouts as well, though, but he's more around the ground sort of extra mid, big body kind of guy. So the only thing that I'd, well, that people would be concerned about is hitouts to advantage. Um, does Grundy get them with a younger midfield around? Um, he might, he might not. I don't know, but I wouldn't be too concerned about him, particularly because he just gets disposals around the ground. He gets those marks and shit like that. So if he does have a good game where the younger midfield actually do get on the receiving end of his hitouts, and he could go big 
anyway. So I think I think he's a safe bet as per every year. Um, what do you reckon, Pat? Do you want to break down the numbers on Brody Grundy last year as well? Yeah, I've got some digits for people, Dano, because I don't know about Grundy. I'm not sold on him. Now, he had 10 scores over 120, which is just absurd. Uh, it's exactly what you want. Um, plenty of those scores over 120. However, he had six scores below 100, including a 70 in round one, a 76 in round 11, and four scores in the 80s and a 90. And I, when you're paying 627000 for a bloke, that's just not cutting the mustard. I think of the other three blokes of the big four in this ruck group, Dano, and I, I feel like they're almost guaranteed to get 95 every week without even having a huge game in the ruck. And then whatever they do in the ruck is just sort of that icing on the cake that puts them to 110, 115, 120, whatever it may be. Now, uh, Gorn and Darcy, they do it around the ground. They like to tackle. They like to do other things. Um, and so does the next bloke. But, yeah, I mean, Grundy is, has been huge. And, and even in, last year was a little bit injury affected. He had that neck injury um, around the buys or just before the buys. But... Even if I go back two years ago, Dano, there's a 61 in there against the Eagles. Now, obviously, that's up against Nick Nat, I believe. Um, but you just don't want scores like that. There was an 85 in there against the Kangaroos as well. So I just I don't love it. Uh, Grundy, Grundy has been huge, but he's he's getting his bag now. Like he he played so well in that 2020 year, which was just before he signed that contract. And I think also because Collingwood, I'm not sure will be contending at all is he just going to take a back seat i mean he's going to look after his numbers he does like to get all of his disposals and it's hard to ignore dono starting with 2018 he's averaged 130 130 120 and 115 which is absurd numbers so but i don't think it's as clear cut as i said before when we're talking about gorn i don't think it's as clear cut as gorn and grunny need to be in your teams i feel like this is the year where you go slightly different but not not completely risky like it would have been last year well, you look at their percentage of ownerships. I reckon Grun- a Gaundy combo would have been like 50% of teams. Now it's 35% Max Gorn, 38% Brody Grundy, and then you've got 26% Sean Darcy. But the next bloke is in only 4% of teams. Same price pretty much as Grundy, 627K, 115 average, 4% of teams, and that's Nick Nat. And he's almost, what, 32 or something like that. What what were his numbers like last year? Because he was pretty con- he actually played every game, didn't he? Yeah, Nick Nat was absurd last year. And I reckon he flew under a lot of radars because it's Nick Nat news coming off that ACL. But his numbers are ridiculous, ridiculous, Dano. And this is someone that had just three scores below 100, and they were an 86, a 93, and a 94. So they weren't horrible. And two of those were in the first three rounds of the year. So you could say he was sort of easing back after preseason, which happens to a lot of guys um, that kind of take it easy through preseason, like Nick Nat would have last year for the Eagles. But nine of the nine scores last year over 120. And he has the ability to go big. He's had two scores in the 160s last year. We know what Nick Nat can do. He gets plenty of disposals. That's the one area of the game of the game where he has improved. Now, a lot of those are handballs, but they're contested handballs. He likes to get down on the ground. He's agile. He's quick, even at his age and after a couple of ACLs. He gets a ton of clearances. He loves to tackle and even pushes forward every now and then and kicks a couple of goals throughout the year. So I really like Nick Nat Dano, and I like it because he's in 4% of teams, and I don't think it's risky. Now, all of this 
was on top of the fact that he couldn't he couldn't be home last year. He plays for a team from WA. Now that looks like it's going to start again this year with uh, those WA teams not being able to go back to Perth. But at some stage this year, Dana, I think that'll change. I think Mark McGowan can't keep doing what he's doing. I think eventually he's just going to cave and be like, "Fuck it, let's at least let them fly in, fly out," which might improve a lot. So Nick Nat is very intriguing, Dano. Very intriguing. Now must also be added that West Coast didn't have the best of years last year. And he still averaged 115. Imagine if they can get back to somewhat of their best. Um, imagine if Elliot Yo gets back to his best, Luke Shuey, guys like that. I mean, this isn't a young team. They're a bit of a transitional team. But it wouldn't surprise me if West Coast made the eight, Dana. It also wouldn't surprise me if they finished around the same as they did last year. So yep. very intriguing. Uh, one to keep an eye on. And I, I like Nick Nat. I really like him. And I think the other thing was he did all of this off of something like 60, I'm going to take a stab at 68% time on ground on average. It was in the 60s. I know that much. Oh, it wasn't last year, Dana. I reckon last year it was up towards 80, and that's why um, his scores spiked. Oh, I'd love to say that. I swear it was about 68% or something like that still. It was still low low percentage time on ground. I swear. I swear. We can look it up a bit later. We probably should have looked that up before we started doing this podcast. But anyway... Um, yeah, they're our big four at the moment, and I have a feeling I know uh, who Pato's got in his team. Um, when we do the team reveal, um, anyway, we're going to we're calling them riskier primos, but it's just primos with a bit of question marks, in my opinion. So, the first one's Rowan Marshall, so he's 536k, 99 average, seven percent of teams. The only thing the big question mark is always will Paddy Ryder play? How much will he play? Because that directly affects Marshall's scoring. 100%. But when Marshall plays on his own, he shows that he can fucking score like Brody Grundy. What do you reckon, Pato? Give us some numbers. Give us some shit. I really like Rowan Marshall as well. Uh, obviously a bit cheaper than these other guys, but it wouldn't surprise me if he has a Sean Darcy year like last year where he takes that next step. And obviously it is all about role, but I look back at 2019, Dano. He played 20 games and he averaged 110. 110 in just his third year of footy, which is absurd. Absolutely absurd. Um, went to 104 average in 2020. And then for some reason, they re- went and recruited Paddy Ryder. And no, wait, no, 2020 Paddy Ryder did play with the Saints, but he played more forward. Now that switched uh, over last year, as well as Roel Marshall having those infamous foot injuries, um, plural injuries, it, it, it recurred. But I look at the last five weeks of the year, Dano, after, uh, sorry, last four weeks of the year. So Paddy Ryder went down in round 19. And obviously that means Rowan Marshall went into this sole ruck role. Um, there was a backup, but mostly ruck. And these are his numbers. 158 in round 20 against the Blues. And that was in a 40-point loss, mind you. 123 against the Swans in a win. 73 against the Cats. So that's not great. And then he had a 120 against, yep, Sean Darcy and the Dockers. Now, we mentioned that game where Sean Darcy would have just sort of taken a back seat because their season was over. He would have been sore and just sort of playing out the season. But I really like Rowan Marshall if he has the number one ruck role. Now, Paddy Ryder, I believe, is turning 34 this year. I could be wrong on that. I think it's something like that, yeah. But there's no way, surely, I mean, Paddy Wright has been a champion for so many years. There's no way he plays more than 40% in the ruck this year, surely. 
if the Saints are serious, and I, I know the Saints think they're going to play finals, they truly believe that they're ready. I'm not so sold. I really don't rate this St. Kilda list as much as Saints fans do, maybe. So, I mean, some Saints fans I know are, are absolute realists and, and massive shout out to them, but I'm not sure how close they are to finals. So, I don't know. It, it's really tough, but if Rowan Marshall looks like he's going to have that ruck one role, it's going to be hard to pass up at 536,000, don't know. I agree. I honestly agree. He would be in my team if I knew what the fuck was going on with Ryder. If Ryder, and this is going to sound harsh, but if Ryder went out and just retired in the preseason before the, um, the supplementary top-up players cut off is in March, that would help Supercoach. It would help St Kilda, in all honesty, because he is old and he's not up to his best. And I reckon, honestly, St Kilda play better without him. He has those moments of greatness where both him and Marshall play well at the same time and then they win a random game. But I reckon they actually play better without him. That's that's honest truth. So if he did re- decide to retire in the next 24 hours or whatever, um, then, yeah, that I'd, I'd be all over Rowan Marshall in a heartbeat, 100%. Yeah, Sounds I reckon harsh. he'd go up for about... 40 or 50 percent ownership don't know if that no really i don't happened. think you go up to 40 or 50 percent. i reckon you get up to about 28 ish or 25 it'd be up there with the gorn grundy darcy percentage yeah yeah but um, i think, I think yep. absolutely needs to be on people's radars and just keep an eye on yeah yeah 100 percent agree 100 percent agree um, next one we've got is Tom Hickey at 562k, 103 average, 1% of teams. Had a pretty good year last year, super coach wise, when he was a very cheap mid pricer. Uh, but he's 31 years old, his ceiling's not that great. Um, okay ish scoring, high stoppage team. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not about the Tom Hickey, I reckon there's better value elsewhere. Um, and we'll talk about them in a few moments' time. What do you reckon about Tom Hickey, Pato? Yeah, I agree. Don't love it. His own his highest scoring year prior to last year was just 89. So he spent most of the year of his career as a backup ruck. Bloomed out to 103. I mean, they also recruited, which I didn't even I, I forgot even happened until I was doing the research for this podcast, Dana. Laddams. They went and uh, recruited Pete Laddams. So I feel like they will probably sl- split time in the ruck perhaps next year. Sorry, this year. Um, and I, yeah, Tom Hickey, no thanks. Fair enough. Riley O'Brien's our next one at 520K, 96 average, 3% of teams, injury concerns. But the man can also pump out a fucking mammoth score. He just needs to get that consistency. I've se- We've seen him pump out 180s and shit like that. So Riley O'Brien's a sneaky look. Pato, what do you think? Yeah, look, I, I can see him making a jump this year. I just don't know how big the jump's going to be. Now, I look back at his 2020 year, which was his highest averaging super coach year, where he averaged 106. And I see some very big scores in there, but there's also a 50 against the Demons, which is obviously Max Gorn. But it's just not going to cut the mustard. If he's going to score those sort of scores against the big rucks, I don't love it. Um, I mean, for draft, obviously, he'll make teams, but I don't love the pick. Now, last year against the Giants, Dano, he scored 60. Round one and two last year against the Cats and the Swans, so not even a great dominant Ruckman, and 55 and 51. So, yeah, you're right. The consistency just isn't there. I don't love it. Um, 
I can see him making a jump. I think he might average about 100, 105, but it's just probably not enough to start. That's fair enough. Anyway, we're going to mid prices. So some cheeky ones that we're saying you should have a look at. And one is Jared Witts, which is on a lot of people's radars. He's on 10% of teams, 87 average, uh, 380K. He did get injured, went down. That's why he's got a discount. Um, his highest average was 99.7 in 2019. Um, but I think with the young Suns brigade starting to improve um, and Raul back and looking fit as fuck, I mean, Jack Bowes bumped him in a practice session and injured himself by bouncing off the ginger goat. Um, I reckon he's actually pretty pretty good value here, and that's probably why 10% of teams have him, Pato. Yeah, he's good value, and he's, he's probably more of an enabler than anything. Um, it, it'll just mean you get to go a little bit better in another line. But I don't think Jared Witts is the guy, Dano. Um, he's been very up and down in his scoring in the past. Um, his best averaging year, um, which was that 99.9, sorry, 99.7 averaging score, he still had scores around the 60s and 70s. So he's had some big scores, but he has some low scores as well. So I don't love it. I think there's probably better options for cheaper if you want a bit of an enabler. Um, but yeah, not a huge fan. I'd prefer to take someone a bit younger at, at roughly the same price and might have a bit of a jump. Um, and I, he's the next guy we're going to talk about. I think I'd prefer him better than a Jared Witts. And that is, of course, Sam Draper at 396K, 73 average, 7% of teams have him. Young Rupp, uh, Rupp, young Rupp, fucking hell. Young Ruck uh, coming up in a young emerging team who are going to try and fight for finals this year. Um, decent scoring ability. Um, he just needs those mids to take his hitouts. He needs to get those hitouts to advantage. Do you reckon he can make a big enough jump this year, Pato? It's probably 12 months early for Sam Draper. I do really like Sam Draper. Uh, the injury concerns are also there. Um, he missed 12 weeks last year with an injury. I think it was a knee or whatever it was. But yeah, I think it's 12 months. I'd want to see at least 20 games from him this year. Um, are we doing 23 games this year, Dana? I don't even know. Or is it 18 again? No, yeah, no it's not 18 games. Fuck. I'd, I'd want to at least see 20 games from him this year, and I'd want to see maybe an 85 to 90 to even consider him for next year. But, yeah, I, I want to see him first. But I, I can see him making a jump, but it's probably to about a 90, which isn't going to cut it even at 396K. So is another one that is a bit of an enabler. If it's going to really improve another line, then maybe you take the punt. Maybe you're an Essendon fan and think, I'm going to go with something fun. I like watching the majestic mullet go about it and I'm going to go for him. But yeah, I don't love it myself. Yep, fair enough. Um, next bike we have, and he's more of a rookie price, which is Maxi Lynch at Hawthorne. So he's 207K, 55 average, 3% of teams, recruited to the Hawks. Um I don't think he'll be number one ruck. Um, we kind of just have to wait and see with him. I think it's going to be Reeves and fucking big boy McAvoy doing the one-two punch in the ruck. Um, but he's a good look. He's a good look at that price, especially if he is named round one. But I can see him maybe get named for one round and then dropped. What do you reckon, Pato? Yeah, the thing with Max Lynch is he played two games at Brody Grundy missed last year and scored 46 and 63. So I don't love it. Um, there's, It's a decent recruit from Hawthorne. 
But I think he's more depth. I think Ned Reeves showed more in his games last year than Max Lynch did for Collingwood in the games that he played. Uh, I, I can see McAvoy playing fullback and then finally giving the keys to a young ruck. But yeah, it, it all depends on whether he gets a number one role. Um, if he if he if he's named it at the, in the ruck for round one, I think he's a lock for that R three spot. If the next guy doesn't get named, but yeah, it's a wait and see for me. Let's see what they do in the preseason. Okay, so the next guys, we'll say guys because we're going to say them both together because I have a lot to say on these two. So everyone, 30% of teams have this bloke in there. It's Braden Pruce at 204K. He's fighting for the number one ruck spot at the Giants and people think he's a lock, but I don't think so. Because you've got Matty Flynn, 473K, 87 average last year, and he's in 0% of teams. Now... The reason why I don't think Braden Pruce is a lock just yet is because recently he said in an interview that at the moment, Flynn is the number one ruck, but Pruce is going to fight for that spot. This was only a few days ago. Matty Flynn has gone out in the preseason. Like last year, he was managed here and there because it was his first full year. He came off of an ACL. They actually wrapped him up in cotton wool the previous year. He should have debuted the previous year. Didn't. They're like, no, nah, we'll save you for the next year. Everyone thinks, oh, yeah, they recruited Proust to be the number one ruck. That's my dog in the background. That's great. Um, anyway, Flynn has gone out in his 2K time trial and posted a ridiculous score for a ruckman, uh, a ridiculous time for a ruckman in that 2K time trial. He's worked on his aerobic capacity because that's what he needed to work on last year to get up to AFL standard. He's also manhandling the crap out of people in the ruck in preseason, throwing him about. His timing on his leaps is brilliant. And I can just see Flynn taking that number one ruck spot at the moment. The thing that I want to see, though, is the Giants play two rucks, which would mean that Braden Proust goes in as the tap ruck and Flynn, let's say, takes a forward 50 rucks and sits up forward because he's a fucking good forward as well. So it's either play the two rucks or... Just go with Flynn. And if they go with the two rucks, Proust is a value pick because he'll take main ruck taps in the center bounces, but then he might float into defense, kind of like how Maxi Gorn was doing at one stage as like a loose man in defense kind of deal. So I am going to Albury on the 26th, I think it is. Let me double check. Uh, no, the 20 on the 25th, the Friday. After work, I'm going to go to Albury and I'm going to absolutely analyze the shit out of the Swans versus Giants game. And I will give you guys a bit more info on the Pruce and Flynn situation. But right now, I am not touching Pruce. Pato, what do you think? Uh, and Dane may also be able to confirm whether or not Will Gould actually exists because <laughs> apparently he's been an AFL player for a few years now. They talk about him. <laughs> But we've never actually cited him. So he's a little bit like aliens. Um, people have said oh. they've cited him, but no one's actually fucking, fucking like. seen them. So <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, uh, yeah, look, Bruce at this stage is a lock for my ruck uh, three spot on the bench because I think he'll be the number one ruck. Now, I look at his history. Now, back when he was with the Demons, he played a game in round 16, they know. Now, it's not a huge sample size, unfortunately, because Max Gorn is Max Gorn. He doesn't really miss games, blah, blah, blah. But this is a game that Max Gorn missed. Now, 
Braden Proust was obviously the number one ruck. He had 44 dis- uh, hit outs, not disposals, hit outs. For a cheeky 140, Dano. And it wasn't against a slouch. It was against Matty Cruiser, who had his injury issues, but at his best was a, a brilliant ruckman, obviously, number one pick, et cetera, et cetera. So, unfortunately, there's not a bigger sample size. My point is that if Braden Pruce can nail down the number one ruck role at the Giants, I don't think it's a question. I think you've got to start him on your bench. He'll make great coin. Um, even if he averages 80, he makes great coin. Um, but I think his, his floor, if he's the ruck one, would be a 90 average. Um, and that could even push up to 100, 105, Dano. So I think that's how good Braden Pruce can be. Um, whether he get, hits those heights remains to be seen, obviously. But I really, I'm all over Braden Pruce. Now, in terms of Matty Flynn, I, I feel like he's going to play the backup ruck role. I think they're going to play him forward especially with the departure of Finlayson, your favourite ex-giant, Dano. I can still... Um, very, very <laughs> big sarcasm, if anyone didn't hint that. Biggest so we'll see how that structures up. Um, luckily, we've got a bit of an insider to go down and have a look at how that setup looks for pre-season. But I'm all over Braden Proust at the moment, Dano. Yeah, well, I, I find it funny that you talk about Bruce and he got that 140 because what did Matty Flynn get in round one last year in his first AFL game? Uh, it was a lot. It was 140. He also got 103 and 117 in his other games as well as the 98s, 94s, 84. He had a couple of games where he went, well, he had one game 59 and six, uh, 51 and 69, which lowered his average. But Flynn... And he was also playing is a one-two punch with Mummy at one stage there and also Briggs. So I think Flynn will actually be the number one ruck. I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I just can't see us not playing Flinny with the way that he's gone about his preseason and increased his tank and everything. That's just my opinion at the moment. We'll find out when I go to Albury um, and track everything there and I'll try and get a little bit of inside goss for people. Um, but yeah, that's that's my take on that. But happy to be proven wrong there. Okay, Pato. So we are going to discuss now our uh, team structure. Now, just note, letting everyone know that's listening from home or in the cars or having a fucking fap. We don't know what the fuck you're doing. We don't judge you. Um, basically, we're just going to go over our team structure. It's probably going to change come round one especially with the rookie crisis that we've currently got at the moment um, in some lines. But anyway, uh, and also with some primos. So anyway, Pato, let's start with your... Def- Actually, how much salary have you got remaining to start with? So I'm sitting on 55K remaining at the moment. So I've got some wriggle, wriggle room. Um, but with the rookie crisis, I'm going a little bit more expensive with some rookies, which we'll obviously go through very shortly. Yep, yep, cool. So defenders, uh, who are your starting defenders? At the moment, I'm sitting on three primo defenders. Um, I've played around with structures of three or four, but I think I've sat with three at the moment. So I've got Jake Lloyd, Jack Crisp, and Lockie Whitfield um, as my three primos in defense currently. No Sicily. No Sicily. Uh I've had a think about him since we recorded that defensive podcast, and I know I said he was a lockety lock, but I don't know what the ceiling is, Dano, and I just don't know if the ceiling is high enough to warrant starting him because I think you'll end up using a trade on him, and is it worth it? 
I don't know if it's worth it. Um, I think Lloyd, Chris, Whitfield, I think they're going to be top six to eight in the line for sure. And obviously I'm paying a little bit more for that, but I'm saving trades. And I think we may need it this year because the rookie crisis is pretty bad. No, that's that's fair enough. Um, do you want to go into your rookies or just leave it at that for the moment? Yeah, yeah. No, let's go into it. So I'm, I'm sitting on uh, Hinge, Sin and McCartan on field at the moment, obviously all pending selection for round one and see how they look in the preseason games. Uh, and on the bench, I've got O'Driscoll and Dean who are both looking like they're going to play round one. So that'll be nice and probably in everyone's team because we all need those cheaper rookies. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm starting with two primos and I call it a mid pricer because anyway, um, so I got Jake Lloyd starting on field, but I'm, I'm not actually sold on him yet. There's a reason for that. Um, D2 is Jordan Ridley because I just think he's going to absolutely kill it this year and his ceiling's pretty bloody high. And D3 is Sicily because I think he's a lockety lock um, at 448k. My other player, so my D4 is Mitchie Hinge on the basis of we don't know what's going on with Jordan Dawson at the moment. Um, and I have a feeling that his injury might be a little bit worse than what they think. They say calf soreness, but uh, I'm not too sure about that. So I got Mitchie Hinge there as a placeholder at D4. If he comes in and plays, awesome. Um, but if he doesn't, 180K down is a lot easier to do. Um, and then D5 is Sin. He's a lock. My D6 is O'Driscoll. I've, I want to play him on field. Um, I reckon he's a massive lock. Um, and then on my bench is Paddy McCartan and Charlie Dean. Uh, Paddo, your midfielders. The juicy, Ed the Farrell. juicy point, the, yeah, the point scoring beast, the engine room. Now, midfield yeah. is very interesting this year, Dano, because there's a lot of what looks like really solid rookie options, and we will go through that in probably our next episode, Dano. Um, once yep, we have a little yep. bit more information, but it looks like that's where the the good money is. So, I I think you almost have to take a hit for a midfield primo just to to take that short term hit, but get long-term cash generation from that. But anyway, we'll go through that in our rookie episode. But my M1, as everyone else's M1 should be, uh, Jack McRae. He's 700K, but you've just got to start the guy. Um, I haven't started in the last two years, and boy, have I fucking regretted it by round four. Um, So set, forget, don't worry about it. Um, He'll get you 120 every week. He doesn't get tagged. I mean, what what more can you say about him? That's good, good. Um, so, yeah, M2, Tom Mitchell at the moment. Uh, all reports are that he's flying through preseason, um, as is about 80% of the comp, obviously. <laughs> but I, I like his upside. We'll see what he looks like in preseason. But a guy that can't really move around the ground, so he looked like he'll play that midfield role. M3, Dano, Andy Brayshaw. I think he's due for a massive breakout year and I liked him to go to a, a 110 this year and at 584,000, I really like that value. And speaking of value, M4 at the moment is Lockie Neal uh, at 543,000. I do not think you can go wrong with this unless he has a niggle during preseason. But from all accounts, he's had a full preseason. Um, don't worry about uh, his coach saying that he'll play wing or half forward or whatever. That's all fucking smoke screen. This guy's already, playing in the guts. 
Um, he already said he, he, he reneged on that. He said straight away, no, he's playing midfield. So don't stress about that, Pato. He's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, not stressed at all. Uh, Lockie Neal, I reckon 120 average is not out of the possibility, and that'll put him as a top five midfielder. So if you can get him at 543,000, why the fuck wouldn't you? So Lockie Neal is not a question for me at all. He's locked in there. Um, M5, I've gone to a mid-pricer here. Well, I've got two mid-pricers coming up, which I don't love, but we'll... We'll see how we go. But uh, Matty Rao, tough not to start him. Don't know. He's looking really good. He's looking primed for a big year. Obviously, health is the issue. But if you're going to have a question mark over someone health-wise, you'd rather start him and not bring him in after he gets 100 after the first two rounds and bring him in. And then he does a shoulder in round three. You would fucking hate it. So I'm just going to start him, I think, at this stage and ride ride the wave with many others. Now, M6, Dano, this is a little bit of an interesting one. I was very big on him before his first preseason game, and he had yeah. a really good game, and I'm spewing that he had a good game because people are jumping on him. But Jared motherfucking Berry. Um, yep, yep. You called it. Looked you lot, called it. He looked a lot better than your man, Dano, Cam Rayner. Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and um, – He's at a very awkward price at 268000 But as I mentioned, I think he's going to get that third midfield spot next to Lyons and Neil. And even if it's 50 60%, Jared Berry is a contested beast. Um, he showed in the preseason that first game, he kicked three goals, did he, Dano? Yeah, when he went and moved up forward, he kicked three, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, so if he's going to play that sort of 50-50 or 60-40 swing, and he'll get plenty of points, he'll make plenty of cash. Obviously not a keeper, but... He will make me 300,000 and I'll be happy with that, I think, or 250, 300, whatever it is. So at this stage, I've got Barry sitting in there. Um, And along with everyone else in the comp, I've got Horn Francis and Dacos to round out my on-field midfield selections. It looks very weird, Dano, to have 193,000 rookie as my M8, but I think this is the year where you, you have to have Horn Francis and Dacos. They just look... Like they can't go wrong, and I think they're going to make plenty of cash. And I mean, the midfield bench, they're pretty much placeholders, but they're all looking all right. We've got Connor McDonald, we've got Josh Gota, and we've got Jimmy Sitas as my three bench midfield rookies. Yep, yep. I've gone with, oh, I'm, I'm actually dreading listing my forward line because I know you're going to rip into me, <laughs> but we're in midfielders right now. Um, Jack McRae, M1, as you said. Set and forget. Now, Clayton Oliver is my M2. I don't think he's going to slow down like you think, Pato. And when no, just you... quickly, Dano, sorry. It's not about slowing down. I just think he's going to have a slow start to the year. And, and that's only probably the first month, maybe six weeks. And I think he's going to become a lot cheaper than what he is right now. And that's well, why I think I'm going to wait on him. He's, he'll be, I disagree. Unless he, gets, unless he gets injured, he'll be in my final team. Absolutely. I love Clayton Oliver. I love the way he plays footy. I love watching him play. But I'm just not going to start him. That's why. I'm pretty sure he got 123 in his first pracky game. So I like you. If that's a slow start, then fucking when when he gets going, he's getting his 180s. So yep, sweet. Um, M3. I chopped and changed this one a bit, but I've settled after watching the glimpses of him in that first pracky game. And that's Darcy Parrish. I think that Darcy Parrish has the potential to go 120 average this year. So I'm locking him in at M3. Then my M4 is Lockie Neal. Lockie Neal is a Lockie Lockie. Um, M5, my whole preseason, I had Matty Crouch. And now I don't. 
I'm just not sure on I've I heard rumors that he was at a cafe and his leg was heavily strapped up like his calf area and I just yeah uh, anyway I got Matty Real who's cheaper they can potentially put out the same output um, I don't like picking guys that I don't think you can finish top in their position but if Matty Real ends up being my M8 oh sorry yeah my M8 then that's okay especially the way that he looked. He only got like what? He didn't even get much of the pill and he still scored like 113 or something, didn't he, Pato? Uh, not 100% sure. I've been away for a wedding, so I haven't... I was uh, very, very intoxicated over most of this last weekend. So I haven't had a heaps of um, track of the scores over the weekend, but all accounts made around look great. And that's what he does, Dano. Um, he's a contested beast. He's, he's the next Clayton Oliver, so... Yep. Health is the only issue with him, so, yep. Yep, and then my M6 is your boy, Jared Berry. Interesting. I'm going to be eating, eating my words a lot in this podcast. Um, and my N7 and M8 are the same as yours, Horn Francis, as Dacos. And then on my bench, I got Joshy Ward, Connor McDonald, and Sitas. Uh, so they're my midfielders. Um, already eaten some of my words, um, and I'm going to eat more in a minute. Uh, Rucks, what are you going with with the Rucks? Because we both were set on Sean Darcy. Now we heard about his Achilles problem or problems this preseason, um, and we discussed um, his injury history and whatnot. Um, I'm actually not so sold on him as I once was now looking at this and I've quickly changed him out of my team. Um, but who are you going with, Pato? So at the moment, I'm sitting on Darcy and Grundy still. Yep. But it's all going to all depend on whether we get a rookie-priced ruck playing. Okay. If Sam Hayes plays in round one, I think I'm going to go Darcy. I think I'm going to roll the dice. Yeah, okay. But if we don't get Hayes or the St Kilda Hayes or someone else in that price bracket as a ruck, um, I'm just probably going to go Gorn and Grundy and leave it be. Um, I was really big on Nick Nat, as you guys all heard earlier. Um, but West Coast just looks like they're going to be terrible. And I'm not sure um, whether Nick Nat can put the cape on his back and, and be that guy that we need. And if he's got any sort of niggle, I think West Coast could be a bottom four, bottom 16 this year, Dano. And if he's got half a niggle, he'll miss a game. They'll, um, they'll win the spoon. Oh, that's a big call, Dano, because oh. Gold Coast are looking pretty average. No, nah, um, Gold Coast actually don't look average at all. I don't know what you're talking about. And we'll see. We'll see. Um, wet the, West Coast for the spoon is a big call, Dano. I reckon they'll we'll win the see spoon. Interesting. Yeah. Jump on. I know a few people jumped on them at $18, and I think they're below $10 now. <laughs> Gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly. Um, so you're going Darcy, Grundy, and Hayes at the moment? Uh, at the moment, yeah. If Hayes is yeah. named or we get another rookie. Um, if we don't, I'll just move Darcy to Gorn. And there only is about 15,000 uh, difference between yeah. them, and I'll just go Gorn and Grundy. So that's where I'm at at the moment. Yep, cool. Well, I've switched mine quickly to Gorn, Grundy, and Hayes just because looking at my side and especially my forward line, I've got that many people returning from injury that I want one less that has any injury concerns over their head. So oh, no. I'm going back to Gondy. 
going back to Gondy and Maxi Gorn looked good on the weekend. So, um, but now whether or not, yeah, this is going to be where it gets juicy, don't I? Oh, I fucking know. I'm very interested in your forward line. You gotta, do you want me to go first? Cause I know you're going to fucking rip through me. I would love for you to go first, mate. So just before I get into the forward lines, I, the forward line podcast that we put out, I said I wasn't going to touch someone with a 10 foot pole, and now they're currently sitting at my F2. Oh, and that even, is and a even and, and a half, Dano. And even my F3. <laughs> so there's two, yeah, two blokes that I said I wouldn't touch, and they're both F2 and F3 at the moment because they fucking made me eat my words. Anyway, <laughs> Josh Dunkley is my. F1, and he is a Formula One. You can't go past him. My F2 is Birdman Isaac Heen. Wowee. And my F3 is the guy that I reckon's overrated, Zach Butters. <laughs> Wowee. So <laughs> that's interesting, Dano, because we it's really hard not to be reactive off preseason games and and the smart advice would be to back your your research before the preseason games and back your gut and stuff like that but preseason gives us new information it gives us the information that Heaney can play in that midfield and look really good doing it we knew he could and, i and just can oh, put being there in, in person the sorry being, being there in person at the Albury game between the swans and the giants showed me that two people are going to absolutely slay the forward line and I had to get them in. And one of them's my F Thor, which I was, we called a lock anyway, um, which was Heaney and Cornelio. So, and I, I was just like, Oh my God, Heaney just looks like a completely different beast in the midfield. And I'm like, Oh, and even when Papley went down, I was like, okay, they're going to shift Heaney up forward now. And he never went there. He never yeah, went. Yeah, I mean, Heaney showed glimpses in his career. We were just all waiting for that moment where Horse goes, "Yep, Heaney's in," and I, this is his year. This is his year, Dano. And four fifty four. I mean, I said all this in the forward po- uh, podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's hard. It's hard to swallow your pride and and forget about a burn man. It's almost like Patrick Cripps, who looked pretty good on the weekend. And I mean, can you trust him again? Same, very, very similar sort of situation where Cripps has actually shown it before, but burnt since then. Um, it's just about jumping on Henny at the right time. And I think, yeah, if he's healthy, mm. I think he's a pretty good start. And then the butters one, I was just like, oh, my one of, one of my mates, I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't watch the game. How did butters go? He's like, oh, I he didn't really play that great. And then I saw his fucking super coach. I'm like, fucking what? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Are you positive he didn't play well? Holy shit. Got like 160 something. So yeah, I can't can't ignore that. And look, this can all change this weekend. I mean, someone could go down, someone could go back to the forward line. I don't know. But anyway, um, my F four is Stephen Cornelio. Like I said to everyone, biggest lock this year. Everyone's like, oh, is he going to play up forward? Fuck off. He's a midfielder. He only played forward last year because they wanted to get minutes into his legs. That was it. And Leon also was like, hmm. Maybe we should uh, cheapen him for our super coach sides. And he did that. So the only time I'll thank Leon. Um, my F5 is Will Brody at the moment. My F6 is, I don't know, is it Rochelle? Rochelle? I'm going to say Rochelle because it sounds funnier. 
Josh, um, Josh or Jake or whatever the bloody hell his name is. Um, Josh Rochelle, 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 Ru- Ru- yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Phonetic then, lessons with Dana here on uh, the Supercoach Co Captains podcast. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, and then my F7 at the moment is Nick Martin from Essendon because I like that guy. And then my F8 at the moment will be Hayes from St Kilda because he just got officially signed as we were recording this podcast. So he won't be in Supercoach yet. So I'm using um, someone as a placeholder for him. So that's my forward line. Paddo, what's yours? I have a feeling it's going to be awfully similar. Yeah, very interesting, Dano. It's six out of seven, the same as yours. Um, The difference is I was on them before they played a preseason game. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, so yeah, I've, I think it's Josh Rochelle. I could be wrong. Um, it looks like that's how it is, but I guess we'll find out when he plays round one. Uh, the only difference is, uh, sorry, no, I've got six of the, the of your eight. I know I've got yeah. Hollands on the bench at the moment. We'll see what happens with that situation. We're not sure whether he's going to play or not. Hopefully he plays preseason this weekend and then the, yeah. whatever, whatever cup the following week. So we can see him and, and he can get a chance to cement himself in that team. Um, and my F8 is Tex Wanganine, Dano. Now, he came on at three-quarter time. This is actually a game that I caught some of before I went away. Yep, he was yep. unbelievable in that corner, Dano. Now, I know what everyone's going to say. He's a small forward. He'll have up and down games. Absolutely, he will. But he's 102,000. I mean, all he has to do is get a spot in round one. And I have the feeling that he's going to at least get half a game or three quarters of a game this weekend because of how good he was last weekend. He's just got to cement his spot. And yeah, sure, he'll score 30s, he'll score 40s, but he'll be he'll make money. That's that's the that's why he's in there. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh we'll wait and see with these uh community games um as to who goes well and whatnot and get a better insight. Um, and then we'll go over the rookies uh, before round one and then uh, basically who played good and to basically take a punt on, I reckon, Pato, next podcast, you reckon? Yeah, absolutely. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, motherfuckers. Anyway, that's all we got time for today on the Supercoach Co-Captains podcast. Now, before I sign us off, Pato, what's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is at P-A-T-T-O-S-Triple-C. And mine is at D-A-N-E-O-S-Triple-C. So from us at the Supercoach Co-Captains, I am Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing. The fuck off. Have a fappy day. (laughs)